Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. Hey, what is up, everybody? It is Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I don't know if you ever heard that. It's uh, I think that was a football thing. And I'm actually recording this on Super Bowl Sunday. Does that tell you how dedicated I am of a football fan? <laughs> actually, I do like football. Born and raised in the area. Got to love my Niners. They've had a few hard years. Um, and actually, everything is happening here, right? It's uh, Super Bowl is happening at Levi's Stadium where home of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, it's not Candlestick, which is what I grew up listening to. And this is totally going in a weird intro direction, right? What up, everybody? Should we try this again? Welcome to another episode of the WordPress Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. And we're going to go in a little different direction today and not, um, I don't know, it, it's, it's going to be relative, I promise. Not a total rant. I actually thought about doing um, a Kim snippet. I don't know why I needed to share with you guys it's a Sunday, but um, it is actually a very beautiful day, too, in the Bay Area. So anybody that's watching the game, you're going to see how pretty it is here. I went for a walk yesterday. You get that feeling, right? And when, again, I look at the East Coast or the Midwest, and I realize the actual weather that they have to deal with as opposed to, um, you know, I'm like, brr, it's 60, it's 55. <laughs> what are you going to do? Anyways. We're going to go in a little different direction today. Today's episode is, will you make the difficult decisions when it counts? And um, again, I had thought about doing a little snippet with this, but I think this bears a little more uh, deep dive, you know, so to speak. So, um, and clearly I'm not that great at keeping things short and to the point, which is kind of weird because I'm sort of a, I don't know, I don't struggle usually with decisions. Although this is one that seemed to take me a while to make, but I don't like, I'm one of those people, like I'm not a big shopper when I need to go get something. I go in, I get it. I leave. Like I'm not, eh, unless it's like a bookstore, maybe. Um, but I'm not a huge, let's just go shopping. I'm like, why would I do that? Unless I have something I have to get. That's just me. Right. So I am, I'm going to try with every ounce of my being to share the story of what brought me to this difficult decision without being too ambiguous, right? Because I'm not interested in sharing names or making anyone or anything wrong. That's not what this is about at all. Um, But I had mentioned this earlier in a previous episode, um, the truth about 2015, showing up in 2016 and way more fun, right? I had mentioned that last year was amazing. But it was also really, really tiring. And so I made the decision to kind of take December off. And when I say that I kind of took it off, it was really that I took off the month of December from my mastermind, right? And the year, my year in the mastermind ended at the end of November. And I was just fried. I had done a lot of traveling back to back. And I don't mean you know, like road warriors who take a trip, get home for the weekend, have to get back on the road, that type of thing. But it was like taking a trip every month. And I I love to travel. I also really like my home environment, right? And it's not so much, well, I do love my house, but it's it's chill. <laughs> like I've created an environment that's super chill. And I really do like that. And I have a tendency to go, go, go. 
then I crash, then I recuperate, and I get back in, right? That's just kind of my process. But I taking December off was because besides being tired, I simply wanted to focus. Have you ever felt that way that, you know, like conferences are great and connecting with people in person is great? But as an entrepreneur, we are never lacking in ideas. We're never lacking in the next great thing. There's always a new piece of software. There's always a new product. There's always a new course. There's somebody that's making phenomenal strides in their business, so it seems. There's always, that's always going on. And for me, like, I just felt like I needed to put blinders on for a little bit and not be distracted. You know, think of it as, um, this analogy just popped into my head, of like building a fence, right? When you put those, I don't know what they're called, so if anybody's done this, I apologize for my lack of uh, appropriate words. But, you know, when you put those, um, the posts in, right? Not the actual fence boards, but it's like you have to dig this hole and I think this is the correct way to do it anyways, and you put the fence post in with concrete. Well, it has to sit, right? And and so I sort of felt like I needed that concrete to cure, right? I need to I needed to get my footing. And this might seem weird, right? Like I'm going into year eight. <laughs> wow, which is crazy. It'll literally be this March when I started my business was in 2008, March 2008. Um, but it was... I've grown, I've changed, which we do, right? We're supposed to. But somehow, the last few years, as I stepped into new things and and started putting myself out there more or maybe in a bigger way, I just felt like I needed my solid footing, right? And I needed to do that without distractions or without having that one of the things that we had started doing in the mastermind was this like accountability every week, like they pulled up a spreadsheet and all right, what are you doing? Where are you at? What are you going to get done by next week? And you guys, I love accountability. It's great. But there also comes a time when, you know, and it's not an excuse piece, but I don't, every single time I forced to get something done, you, what happens is the message is off or the copy is off or something goes sideways because it's like this, just get it done, get it done, get it done. And I'm a believer in the minimum viable product that it's better to put it out there than keep trying to perfect it. So that's not what I'm saying. But I also didn't want to work at that pace. Again, you guys, like I I have no problem working hard. and But I know my own process. And like I said, here's a great example. So last week, um, I had, I, I was the first week back I'd been in Wisconsin, right? The week before. And I didn't have, well, I didn't have my mastermind call Tuesday. So that was one. And Monday I had no clients, no calls, no nothing. I got so much done. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, where usually I'd kind of get off the computer in the afternoon, which is probably a good thing for my wrists and my back and all that, even though I have a stand-up desk that I'm not using enough, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, it, like I just... I felt like on fire, right? On purpose. And it didn't feel like I was pushing myself. I didn't feel like I was rushing through things. I didn't feel like I was under the gun to get anything done. I just trusted the flow. So then come Thursday, I had a few more calls in the morning. And it's funny, it's like, I create a lot of content. And I, you know, there's, there's always this balance between the calls, the connections and the clients and doing the work, right? No matter what kind of team you built, there's a, there's a level of work that you need to show up and produce. So by Thursday, I don't know, I had um, a couple previous clients that we had finished projects for were like, oh, hey, we want to do some more stuff. I was like, okay, great. Had had calls with them. 
I needed to get two proposals back out. So I did, I, I wrote up one and I sent it to my project manager. And so I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm just going to close my eyes for a little bit. It was like four in the afternoon. Holy moly. I woke up like at six, like I slept hard and I was kind of like, you know, you know, when you, you wake up and, and it's one of those, what day is it? What am I supposed to be doing? What, wait, wait, you have to totally get your bearings before you go, okay, I don't need to like fly out of bed because I'm late to something. So that my point in that story is trusting myself, right? And I just, I worked, I worked, I worked. And then I had a wall and I was like, okay, I'm kind of done. And then Friday, I, I don't really work full days Fridays anyways. It's just by then I'm kind of fried. But my point is that last week felt awesome. And so that's why I took December off. I needed to do that for myself. I really wanted more ease in my life and less hustle, which <laughs> you all know how I feel about the word hustle. And I'm not going to go into that again. So during that time, I'd also made the decision to hire Jason Hornung and his team to help me get the Facebook ads dialed in and running. You know, after a couple of years of just hopping in and testing Facebook advertising with a little bit of direction, I wanted to do it correctly. I wanted to run paid advertising based on data. Novel idea, right? Which is also part of this whole obsession with content strategy and really drilling in and looking at what's working and what's not working. I swear, you guys, I feel like such a dork when I say this, but I... You know, part of me feels like, wow, look who's all grown up running a business. But it's not that as much as it's, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And so there has to be that level of compassion for ourselves that, you know, there's no judgment. I, I can't do that to myself anymore. It's such a waste of energy. So there's no judgment in that. But, you know, I how I was initially introduced to Facebook advertising was far less strategic um, than what Jason and his team were doing, right? And, you know, here's the deal, though. I had no idea that my decision to hire Jason and his team would completely turn my world upside down. And I mean that in a good way. I promise I'm not going to turn this into another Jason Hornig fan club episode, <laughs> which you can't really blame me. When you, when you know when someone's good, they're good. But my point is that you cannot unpush a button. Once you've seen what's behind the curtain, you can't unsee it. So all of a sudden, like, I'm trying to think, <laughs> this is the stupidest analogy, but it just popped in my head. So let's say <laughs> you're, you were taught to tie your shoes, like, or to like, to, that was a really, I'm going to share anyways, but popped in my head was like, tying your shoes, like, what if it was, you were taught to tie them in knots, or you were taught to use glue or something crazy, right? Well, as soon as you then learn how to appropriately tie a shoe, and then you can pull the strings, and that they, you know, untie fairly easy. It's like, can you ever go back? You know what I'm saying? It's like when you learn the right way to do something, it's hard. Here's another little example that popped in my head and not that you guys need it again, but I'm going to give it to you anyways, is, you know, I grew up swimming a uh, summer rec swim team and, you know, that scissor kick, if you guys have seen that, like with breaststroke and once like when you're swimming, when you're a little kid, if you're doing that scissor kick, you don't know it's wrong until you're taught. Now, you have to practice intensely to get rid of the scissor kick, and it may not ever feel natural based on your commitment to it, right? But the thing is, you're always going to know you're doing it wrong. Does that make sense? That's probably a better analogy than gluing your shoes. <laughs> your shoelaces. I don't know where that popped into my head. This could prove to be way more interesting than recording at night. But you get my point, right? And and it was like, I just 
saw this different way of doing things. And not only did I get the support and feedback I was so desperately needing, I also got the step-by-step system, which unfortunately put a huge spotlight on the areas where I wasn't getting what I needed, hence the difficult decision. It was time for me to leave my mastermind. You know, in my gut, when I took December off, um, I felt that. I was like, what are you getting out of this now as opposed to what you got out of this two years ago or whatever, right? And, you know, I can look back and, um, which I'll talk about in a second, at at all the things I got, but really it just felt like more of the same things. Um, But I was afraid, you know, and this is... (laughs) I think this, I'm not going to quote this, but it was, I think it was Brene Brown in one of her books. You know, it's, my ego was not only riding shotgun, it was driving the car because it's that FOMO, right? That fear of missing out. For those of you who have not heard the term, kind of like YOLO, right? Um, But all of a sudden it became, what if? What if I can't do it on my own? Mind you, I've only been in this mastermind for two and a half years. My business is almost eight years old. So clearly I was able to do something by myself, but but these fears are, are real in that moment, right? And what if I lose relationships, which is pretty much inevitable when people are involved, right? Because when you make that decision that's best for you, it may not be best for the other person. And, and I don't mean, you know, like a small decision, like, um, like, cause I've had this happen often where you have to cancel something or reschedule something. And when I really am taking care of myself, it usually ends up being what's best for the other person as well. But inevitably, I was, you know, I knew pretty much that to say I was moving on, that those relationships, not that, you know, there was going to be ill will, but would never be the same again. Uh, I was concerned that there would be backlash, even though in my head, well, maybe, I don't know if this was a head or heart, you know, like, Having spent so much time with these people and, and connected and built a relationship, I really didn't think there would be any any like public backlash per se. Um, but you just you don't know, right? And then of course, you know, would would there be regrets about leaving? And <laughs> even though I really tried to live by how many times have I said even though in this episode, that's sort of one of my so or you know. Anyways. I try to live by the mantra that I don't regret what I do. I only regret what I don't do, right? And so I I knew really that if I didn't do this, that would be far worse. All right, so let's flip this, right? And this is something that Susan, my therapist slash life mentor, (laughs) taught me years ago. If you're going to play the what if game, you have to play it on both sides. So if I'm going to do all this what if I can't do it? Am I going to lose? You know, what if I don't, what if I lose these friendships? What if there's backlash? What if there's regrets? Okay, so let's take those. The flip side is, what if I exceed what I've been doing on my own, right? What if I, I either keep those relationships or what if new relationships come into my life that pay off tenfold? And I'm not saying that, you know, when I say pay off, you guys, I'm not referring necessarily to income. What if I blaze a path for other people who felt like they needed to move on and couldn't, right? And what if I leave feeling it was the best decision ever as opposed to regrets? Okay, so how I wanted to feel is really the side that matters the most. The first, the first part, right? The what ifs, the negative, that's all, that's all ego. And this was my gut instinct. 
This was the truth about how I want to move to the world and how I want to show up. I'm going to have to do one of these episodes, you guys, with a video because I am waving my hands like you can fully see me. And I'm not sure when it hit me, but all of a sudden I realized, well, actually I do know, and I'll get into this in a little bit, but I realized that I was trying to do things one way with my brand, but then with the strategies and things that I was learning through, like with the marketing strategy, it was totally separate. Okay, so let's see, how can I get, here's a better example of that. As you all know, I got a little bit obsessed with content marketing last fall, right? I dove into it with the same fervor (laughs) I had when I realized I wanted to build a business around WordPress. Now, keep in mind, when I fell in love with WordPress, like I had no idea where it was going to take me. You know, initially, the first few years of my business, it was solely like doing websites and, and just really getting into internet marketing. I didn't know what that looked like. But I knew I was on to something, right? Like I knew there was a massive connection. Is that the right word? Um, but I was in alignment, right? And so that's how I felt when I started getting obsessed with content marketing last fall. And it was like something finally clicked for me. Content marketing wasn't new. Um, I had read about it. I was aware of it. But again, something just clicked like this. This light switch went off in me and I was having a ball. And so... Because of this new pa- newfound passion for content marketing, I started looking at everything I was doing through new eyes. You know, it was like a completely different perspective. And here's the thing. None of the mentors in my mastermind were content marketers. They were all great at what they did, but they didn't have the experience or knowledge to help me drive what I had spent almost eight years creating, which was a brand with an audience and a message. And, and truthfully, I don't know that they saw the value in content marketing. And, and as a side note, this is not an argument I feel like I need to go into because truly to each his own, right? If, if you are a whiz at paid traffic and can do that and get the conversions and build, run with it. Like content marketing is not necessarily for everybody. I think it can be a value and massive, it's an asset to any business, but I'm not saying everybody has to do it or believe in it. So the biggest thing though, (laughs) was that, you know, something inside of me was screaming, like, trust yourself. You know, this is the right direction for you. You know, if only we listened to those voices the first time we heard them, right? So let me give you an example. There might be a tangent attached to this. I'm just telling you. So you've probably seen or observed a message in the marketplace. And when I say marketplace, guys, I'm, I'm really referring to sort of blogging, internet marketing, coaching, that, that space. Um, so that when I'm referring to the marketplace, just know that's what I'm talking about. But there is a lot of this messaging out there that refers to high ticket sales or high ticket offers. Now, before we go too deep into this messaging, let me say that these can be life-changing when you add them to your business, your, your business. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Business. I know this firsthand and I have no problem with this where I do have a problem is when the high ticket becomes more important than the result or the people you're helping, right? This is when things start to feel icky. And that's also the message that starts, um, I don't know. I don't know if negating is the right word, but it really starts to give the entire um, industry a bad name. Be- 
<laughs> why is it that, well, I don't know, I guess paid traffic, you can scream as loud as you want, right? Like you can put that message out there all day long. But what hit me like a ton of bricks was that on my site and with the podcast, I can just be me and I fully show up as myself. And that is where things worked. Unfortunately, I wasn't really doing this with my marketing message based on the strategies I was being taught, which is why they never worked. I was totally out of alignment. And you guys, I don't know, whatever your um, spiritual beliefs are, your you know, consciousness, religious, whatever that is for you, okay? Um, again, I'm never going to go into that because I fully respect all of that to each his own. Just be kind about it and, and live your life in a way that works for you. So there's me like <laughs> making my point, right? But I, I do believe in energy, right? And if you go into something, hey, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Here's a good story. <laughs> um, I don't know where all these stories are coming from today. Obviously, you know, I mentioned uh, at the very beginning of the show, diehard 49er fan. Born in San Francisco. It's just in my blood, right? And I remember hearing a reading about... Um, Watch, someone's going to be like, Kim, that was a playoff game and not, not a Super Bowl. But it was the 49ers and the Cincinnati Bengals. And when they asked the teams, and I was going to say maybe it was the Broncos. I don't know, which we know how that went. But somebody, let's just assume that I'm right about the Bengals and the Niners. So when they were asked the, you know, how they felt about the game, um, the somebody from the Bengals side said that they were, you know, they were something to the effect that they were hoping not to lose and the 49ers showed up to win, right? So same outcome, completely different energy brought to the table. And so that's what happens. And I think that you can have somebody who maybe shows up on a webinar and it, and it is a pitch fest and they close every single person on the call. Okay, maybe. But if that's the value they think they provide and they believe with every ounce of their being that this is in alignment with who they are and what they have to offer, it's going to sell. And I started doing a little bit of that. And, you know, I'd hired someone for, for webinars and I like to teach. I like to have fun. I like to engage. So while it's important that there be a structure and there be a presentation, like I want people to walk away from a webinar going, wow, that was super fun. I learned a ton and this isn't right for me now, but, but this is somebody I can trust, right? That, that I didn't just lose an hour and a half of my life waiting for something that was a bunch of filler. Okay. And you guys, I'm not saying that that's what all these guys did. That that's totally not the message, but that's how I felt that I was that out of alignment because I was like, yeah, but I want to show something. I want to teach something. I want people to walk away feeling like they learned X, even if I was doing a webinar to make an offer. You know, I don't want to just um, talk at people. <laughs> it's just funny as I'm sitting here talking to a microphone and nobody's around. But you know, you know what I'm talking about. So I went back to the mastermind in January and I was simply not feeling it. Like nothing was wrong per se, but it didn't feel right anymore. And, you know, I actually had a, a conversation with Susan, my therapist slash mentor. Um, at some point, I'll stop saying that, assuming you guys all know who she is. <laughs> I should have her on the show someday. Um, but I, I just had a call with her and I was like, yeah, you know, because I, I did call and, and they were shocked when I was like, I think it's time for me to go, blah, blah, blah. And I was telling her, 
that um, it, I guess the reaction I got wasn't what I was expecting. And I didn't mean it like, I didn't mean that (laughs) I want anybody to beg me to stay or anything like that. But I think I was personally hoping for a little bit more, um, well, is there anything we could have done differently? You know, I, I was kind I had been in it the longest and was, was really good friends. And like, I think I was hoping they would want to know a little bit more. Um, but again, I think there was a shock <laughs> there because it, it, to them, it came out of left field, you know, but when I was talking with Susan about this, um, the reaction and, and what I was expecting and really, you know, that at the, Oh, I know where I was going with this for the love of God. Um, you know, they're also during this time, <laughs> this is like the worst storytelling ever, but during this time, some quote unquote drama had come up. Okay. Around, um, around all of this and meaning, uh, somebody else had left and I had heard things, whatever, you know, again, <laughs> it was funny. I was talking to my mom too. And she's like, gosh, you know, like you expect that drama in the workplace. Like when people have to actually show up and work together, you just don't expect it on the internet. I'm like, people are people, doesn't matter where they work or what they do. But my point <laughs> was that none of that really mattered. At the end of the day, for me, it was just time for me to move on, right? So I could give it all this energy and I could make all these judgments and have all these opinions about deliverables, not deliverables, what was promised, what wasn't, whatever. You know, I mean, I mean, there's two sides to every agreement, to every contract, right? But truthfully, it was just time for me to go do my own thing. And the realization was both freeing and heartbreaking. You know, these guys had become like family to me, truly. Like everybody in this group, it was like I had the little hashtag for life, you know, that I was that I was going to be there forever. And there, I, I really couldn't, I would say last spring, no way would I have projected that today I'd be sitting here saying I left and it felt really good. Um, which for anybody out there going through something or being faced with a difficult decision, remind yourself of all those times in your life when you got past that thing that was really hard or tragic or heartbreaking or or just really tough. And then you know that when you get to the other side, how much better you feel. It was just, I don't know, again, I felt kind of dorky, but I felt like I'd grown up, right? And it was time to spread my wings. And then there was the issue of the ROI, right? Return on investment. And I learned so much from the mastermind that on one hand, it's hard to quantify things. My mindset around the value of what I do, what I charge, how I, looked at, how I, how I look at money has completely changed. Doesn't mean that there aren't days, you guys, there are those niggly moments. Here I'm saving money, but I'm also getting stressed. It, it's just... It's right. We all have a money story. That's a whole other episode. But, but so all of those things, you know, I attribute a lot of that to having a been, been a part of this group. Um, I think some of that was simply a byproduct of spending time with people who modeled that for me. You know, you don't necessarily have to invest in um, a product or a mentor all the time to get value to get the to get what you need, right? If you can spend time with people, and I mean, in this case, obviously, I did invest. But when you can can spend time with somebody who's modeling where you want to go or what you're doing, that's huge. And again, I'm not negating that there there's value in that, but that wasn't necessarily why I joined, right? 
I had some amazing experiences and connected with wonderful people. I mean, man, the adventures alone, you know, I think the first one was at um, ATV racing in Baja, Mexico. So yeah, that was pretty fun. Um, Zip lining in Hawaii, racing Ferraris in Las Vegas. I mean, some really cool things and stuff that I, I probably wouldn't have done without this group. I mean, no one has a crystal ball, but I also know for myself that when I want to go learn, I do not like three days of nonstop, like eight or nine in the morning until like 10 o'clock at night. Just not how I move through the world anymore. Um, but again, all of that is, is kind of immeasurable, right? Where I didn't see the ROI was on the strategies I was learning. Not because they didn't work, but the way that I was doing them wasn't working for me. Now, <laughs> I do not believe in a one-size-fits-all for marketing, ever. And that's tweetable. I'm just going to let you know right now. <laughs> I actually put that in the post. Um, but the, there are, you know, so there's strategies and systems that work, but you have to tweak and adjust them so they fit who you are and how you do business. And again, we don't know what we don't know. So let me try to give you guys something a little bit more tangible. So let, let's talk a little bit about, I, again, I was going to say Facebook ad, and we can talk about content marketing too. But so with the Facebook ad, you can look at ads all day long in the news feed, right? And so you can look at, you, you could do swipe files, you could do screenshots of headlines, of images, um, you know, and, and here's the thing. If you're seeing them in your news feed, somehow you made it into that target audience. Keep that in the back of your mind. So there's always a way to kind of backwards engineer things, right? So you can do that all day long. The thing is, what happens when we start copying what we see other people doing is, one, there's that out of alignment to piece, right? And then two, <laughs> there's, there's so many elements that go into to why an ad is going to work for one person and maybe not to you. Again, here's another example. When, when I was in Wisconsin, we went through, and <laughs> I never thought I would enjoy it to the degree I did, um, but really sort of basic fundamental advertising principles. Like when you get into the core direct response marketing piece and what type of copy converts, how it works with different genders, how it's, you know, asking a question is more engagement. There's, there's all these little nuances to copy. And for anybody that does copy for a living, my hat's off to you. And I'm certainly not trying to make it sound like I thought it should have been easy. But again, we don't know what we don't know. So when you try to take someone else's headline and tweak it for you, it's probably not going to work because you need to look at your audience. You need to look at who you're targeting, how people talk to them, what type of images resonate with that audience. I mean, there, there's work involved, right? There is this research piece that seems to get overlooked time and time again. And I am super guilty of this, okay? And, and again, this is because we don't know what we don't know. But when you take the time to set the foundation, right, like pour that concrete and let it sit, you're going to get a way bigger return than on all of the guessing, learning the hard way, right? But I'm, and, and part of it is that that's how we're going to learn. I mean, I launched um, a campaign when I was in Wisconsin and we were look, watching it. And I think part of what had happened is, and you guys know I love the Thrive Content Builder. I like creating landing pages with that. I had not put the Facebook pixel in the right place. <laughs> so the conversions were off, right? So then realizing that, 
then tried a couple other things. Um, so it's essentially, you know, Jason's words, I mean, we're paying for data. And there is this feeling in this space of everything just works, right? And you guys, I had great luck mm, two years ago, two and a half years ago, when I did the first, you know, $80 in ad spend, made $500 in strategy session applications, which then turned into $10,000 in coaching, right? That's awesome. It's not going to happen the same way. More people are advertising. Algorithms change. There's, there's factors involved, right? That's why I always talk about, you know, first to market. <laughs> and again, I'm not about to attempt to, uh, to quote marketing phrases, but you see my point. So take the time to do the research. Take the time to create the foundation. And this is where I started feeling the disconnect. Um, this whole high ticket mentality. I am going to go out on a limb here and pull out the crystal ball again, because clearly I do think I have one. Um, and I think that the market's getting smarter. People don't want to be treated as a commodity. Um, at the same time, let, let's not go so far to the other extreme where we want to sell without selling. It's, <laughs> selling is not bad, you guys. It's how we do it. And I think at the end of the day, if you are in alignment and you trust what works for you, I mean, why do you think the podcast works? This is just me. Like who you hear on the podcast is who you would spend time with if we were sitting down for a cup of coffee. There is, there is no persona. There's no agenda. That's why it works. And I, so I think when it comes down to it with business, you know, you have to really learn to trust your gut. You know, I think, you know, the realization for me is that at this point, I've got this, right? I'm good. If I'm feeling like I need some guidance in my life that I still have Susan, <laughs> I have great peers that I can turn to. I've got then my own personal selection of books, authors, audio that help keep me on the right track. Um, and so right now, that's enough. This is not even in the post, but this just popped up and I'm going to share this with you. Having another conversation with Susan, I don't know, this is before Christmas, and she asked me, she said, Kim, this is a great question. I think if you can take the time to um, sit with this question and be really, really honest about it, it's going to be liberating for you. Are you ready? Should I do some build up? I'm just kidding. The question she asked me was, Kim, she said, what, how much is enough? How much is enough? And I was like, huh, nobody had ever asked me that. And it's not something I had ever even thought of, right? Because when you spend time with people who go from, I want the Tesla to, I want the jet to flying a private jet, which you guys, I, I shared with you, I did that last fall. I'm like, eh. I mean, I paid a pretty penny to fly in a private jet. It was great. Doesn't drive me. And again, no judgment. I don't mind flying first class, but it's just, eh, it's okay. Um, but, you know, when you're around people that more is always the next, more is, is, is what they strive for, that feels like that's supposed to be the norm, right? And I was like, huh, how much is enough? So, which then makes you look at like your core values and you got to dig deep, right? The cool thing is that I didn't have to dig as deep as I thought I would, right? And I was like, you know what? 100000 a month. And that might sound like crazy to you guys. But when you look at data and you start measuring things, all of a the sudden, there's an equation, right? So 
as an example, one of the, the offers that Jason has helped me with for Facebook ads showed me how I can scale something simply based on data to 140000 a month. Mind you, that's based on a $20,000 a month ad spend. I haven't even spent 3000 <laughs> a month on ad spend. Do I want to grow that to that extent? Eh, we'll see. There's other things in my business that I think I'd like to compliment him because that's based on a podcast offering, which is a very high touch done for you, right? So you start looking at that. And when I say that, you guys, I had this other realization. And um, lucky you, you get to dive into my brain today. So when I went to Wisconsin, and I apologize if I did share this, um, but they had given me a couple different hotels to stay at. Uh, and then they would come pick us up, right? Because the workshop was at their house. And so I stayed at the Country Inn and Suites, which is kind of like a um, Holiday Inn Express, if you guys have ever stayed there. And for those of you, well, I think Holiday Inns are probably all over the world. But it's just, you know, nothing, you know, to write home about, but clean, nice hotel. And it was funny. So I go, I go up to my room and it was just me. So big cow king. There's like this whole sitting area with a couch that had a, a fold out bed um, kind of not a kitchenette, but you know, the coffee fridge, all that stuff, bathroom, and I'm a total tub fiend. So I was stoked. There was a nice tub. Um, I'm, I'm looking around. I'm like, huh, this is like a third of the price of the places we've stayed at with the mastermind. And you guys, I am not saying I do not like staying in nice places. Hear my heart. Let me finish the story because give me a heavenly bed at the Westin any day. And, and I'm there. It's like sleeping on a freaking cloud. But I walked in, I was like, this is kind of funny. Like, this is a third of the cost of some of the hotels we've stayed at, yet I get free breakfast and free Wi-Fi. (laughs) And it was it was just this like, huh, right? Like, don't you think something that costs three hundred bucks a night should have free Wi-Fi? Maybe a little croissant and some fruit or something. (laughs) Um, and again, those places were beautiful. (laughs) I'm not being a total snarkarella here. But this is where this realization came into me. I'm like, do I still have that goal? Absolutely. I don't care if anybody knows I'm making it though. And it was freeing because what drives me is freedom. And we all say that, right? But have you ever taken the time to say how much is enough? What do I want? I mean, I I love not working a whole lot on Fridays. Um, it's Sunday and I'm recording an episode, but this is by choice. I could totally do this tomorrow. But guess what? I'm getting a massage tomorrow. <laughs> so you start looking at those things and it's like, I love the flexibility of my life. I like freedom. I like to be able to take a nap. I want to go, you know, have lunch, the fr- whatever that is. And then again, then I'll work on a Saturday or Sunday, whatever that looks like. But for me, that level of income is not just, um, how do I explain this? It, it's, it's security, it's freedom for my future, it's freedom to help people in my life if I want. You know, that's what excites me. And then maybe I'll hit that point and be like, yeah, I'm going to scale it back or I'm ready to double it. I don't know. But the point is, it was life altering to ask that question of myself. And so right now, in this very moment, like I am good. I've got this. And I want to invest my money on tangible, concrete systems and processes that are directly related to what I'm currently doing and working on. There may, there will probably come a time in my life, actually, when I want to work with another mentor. 
but I don't see it in the immediate near future. You know, I don't see it. I don't know. I don't see it this year, but I never say never because I've put foot in mouth way too many times. <laughs> Insert foot, right? Um, and, and there's something so freeing. And again, loved these people, loved being a part of it. I'm honored to have connected. I've made some amazing friendships. But it was a really, really difficult decision. And so for yourself, you know, are you willing to make those difficult decisions when it counts? And this counted for me, right? I was I was willing to to make that difficult decision and choose myself over the, the mastermind, right? Um, I don't know if this sounds esoteric to you guys, but I, I wanted to share this with you because one of the things that was a little disheartening is, you know, when you only see one side of stuff, you know, I was mentioning that some drama came up around stuff and again, not going to get into it, but it was like, I don't ever want to be that person that presents life is great. I have stressful moments. I have teary nights. I have achy wrists. Um, but I have those moments too. Right. And I think all of a sudden I've decided this is like a dear Kim show and <laughs> I'm going to give you guys advice. But more than anything is, you know, when, when you can trust yourself and take care of yourself, that's when things are going to work. You know, bar none, it's, it's every single time I have done something that in my gut, I was like, eh, I don't know about this fell on its face. When I've tried to use messaging that doesn't work for me, when I've tried to, to put something out there um, to make the sale, right? Because you need the income. I've totally been there. And it's like, oh, then I almost said, uh, sure as sugar, <laughs> which I've sworn a little bit on the show, but you know, it does not work. You cannot do something solely for the money and have it stick around. I think for a while you can, but all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, and again, unless that's totally your belief, um, but it's not going to stick. And just my, my last tangent for this show, and then I will um, sign off so I can go watch Joe Montana do the coin toss. And that's probably all the game I'm going to watch. <laughs> but this whole high ticket thing, again, I, I want you guys to think about, you know, it's so important to value what you do. As an example, you know, I, I was mentioning that I had a couple clients come back to me and one of them wanted some more work and it was a lot of customization. And he's like, wow, he's kind of in sticker shot. Can all that cost more than the original site? And I'm like, I lost money on the original site. My responsibility entirely. But, you know, for what he's asking for, I actually think he should go comparison shop and find out that it's probably significantly less. And if he doesn't, that's okay. But I know that I'm not willing to do it for less. You know, um, another client was like, just a couple little things that we're going to do. And it was like a thousand bucks. I'd be, I'd feel better about seven fifty down. I'm like, well, it's a thousand upfront. <laughs> and only because you guys, that stuff, I'm like, we did a ton of work outside of scope that I built you for after. So, you know what? I've kind of earned that. But at the end of the day, you get to choose, you get to decide what you charge, how you charge, how you accept payment, who they're going to talk to, how often they're going on the phone, whatever that is, it's your business. So value what you do, the high ticket, if you can look at it as um, that it's, it's an element to your business, but, but don't forget the person on the other end who is investing, right? Who is giving you 
their hard-earned money in exchange for the value and promise that you've made on this side, right? It's not simply about, because you can make sales. There are people that are hands down awesome at sales. Best analogy that Jason shared, and this is probably being repeated also, but when we were talking about advertising, he said, when I see people simply talking about cheap clicks or tons of leads, my bullshit meter goes up. I don't know why I couldn't say it before, but I'm going to swear now. (laughs) Um, Because people who are making their clients money talk about the money they're making for their clients. They don't talk about the front end piece, right? You talk about the back end. So unless you're doing CPA marketing and all you're doing is running ads where you get paid per click, right? And I'm, I don't do that. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong. It's a great model. But if that's your model, then, then the lead company, right? So let's say you're I don't know, when you're running ads for insurance leads, the insurance company pays you a dollar for every click, for every lead or whatever. If you're doing that, have at it. But when it comes to this stuff, when it's coaching, mentoring, um, done for you services, or, you know, that there are people involved. And so what, if you can't show that you have gotten results for people, then something's off. And that doesn't mean you're wrong, but something is off. And I'm off the soapbox. So anyways, for now, guys, again, uh, thank you, as always, for listening. I love you tons. And, you know, just trust yourselves. This was a real, um, it was a tough decision for me. I was weepy when I made the phone call. But I cannot tell you how much lighter my life feels. And so the validation was in the way I felt immediately afterwards. So trust yourself. Know that with every difficult decision you make, and you know, going back to that original analogy, usually it's when you make a decision from that right place and you're trusting yourself and you're taking care of you, inevitably it ends up being the right decision for someone else. So, you know, hopefully that happens in this case. I may never know, <laughs> right? That may not be something I'm ever privy to. And that's totally okay because I'm content. And there is something about just feeling good, right? Anyhow, you guys are awesome. Thanks so much for listening. And sorry for some crazy tangents or circles. Uh, but, but, you know, go ahead. Make those difficult decisions, you guys. You get to put yourselves first. And you get to show up for you. So as always, thanks for listening. If you have not left a review on iTunes, I would be eternally grateful. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. That's Kim being super crazy. And a quick shout out. I meant to do this at the very beginning of the episode, so you're going to get anyways. Um, a huge shout out to Tasman Ivy. Tasman, listen to this review. I would give it six stars if I could. You made my day. Uh, so Tasman, thank you so much for the awesome review. Totally appreciate it. Look forward to connecting with you further online, offline, whatever. Anyways, you guys have a fabulous day and I will catch you on the next show.